welcome back to TCR's Artist Interview Series. This week, Nick and I met Lex and discussed her most recent album, Bits and Pieces. Hi, I'm Lex. I am an artist. I'm a singer, songwriter, um, and I currently, I live in Los Angeles. Um, oh, I am she, she, her. Um, I grew up in New York um, for most of my life. Um, how I got started. I mean, music has always been such an integral part of my life. Um, I can't really think of a time where I was without it. My dad was a pianist. Um, he had perfect pitch. My mom can't sing for shit, but apparently she told me that my, my grandmother, um, who really only speaks Korean. Well, she passed away, but only spoke Korean and was super mean to me. Uh, apparently she was a really good singer. <laughs> oh. um, but so maybe perhaps it skipped a generation uh, is what my parents always used to say in that, you know, my grandma had an amazing voice. Um, so I, you know, and I grew up, um, so my mom was never really big on, on music or anything like that, but I played piano for most of my formative years. Um, my brother, I have one brother. Uh, he was... Uh, in doing classical guitar um, and we had a piano and a music room at home and because my dad had perfect pitch he could just play anything all the time and it, he was so incredibly talented and it was amazing so I just grew up <clears throat> grew up watching him and he had such a amazing taste in music um, you know I grew up listening to lots of like classic rock Led Zeppelin, Steely Dan, Simon and Garfunkel, Crosby, Stills, Nash, Young, uh, The Beatles. So lots of rock and other weird ones like Dido and I don't know, Cher, my dad had really liked Cher. Uh, who else? What was that woman's name? Uh, Carly Simon. Love Carly Ooh, Simon. Yeah. Great taste. Great. He had such great taste and he, he was all over the map too, um, you know. Billy Joel was a really big one. Um, mm -hmm. yes. One of my favorites. Really um, grew up listening to Billy Joel a lot. Um, so it's safe to say that I had like a, a real rounded sort of musical. Um, I, I want to say flavor in my life. I don't know. Um, yeah. So always listening to music. Um, and then in, I did like lots of theater and acapella groups. I was in acapella group in high school. Um, in college, I was president of my acapella group. Uh, we were called the Royal Pitches. It's a good time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, and then I just, I started to really get into music in, in like recording and stuff in college. It was, I want to say sophomore year. Um, I mean, I was always doing, I took like lessons and stuff. Actually, I went to the university of Buffalo, uh, and I was, uh, in the vocal performance program, which is like a classical mm -hmm. program. So I technically am classically trained. So I used to sing like a lot of opera, stuff like that. Wow. I, I could hear that influence in, in your music for sure. Yeah. Lots of opera. I used to fake a lot of languages. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it was it was so much fun and honestly like and I, I do give voice lessons and stuff and I think one of the most important things for any sort of singer and stuff like that um, is vocal health 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know, a lot of people don't stress that enough. And I think that that's super important because, you know, a lot of people don't really know how to sing properly. And that's what I was really taught to do in college and through my program is, you know, proper breathing and ways to sing and not hurt yourself because that's the most important part is like vocal health. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have a pretty good understanding of like the technical side of the art. Super duper technical. Yeah. That's basically, I took lessons in high school and um, with like this really amazing guy, his name was Lester. He was like the best man in the entire world. Um, And he taught me so much, but you know, at still such a young age in high school, like nothing ever really like clicked for me um, like super well. And then I had to go through another voice teacher uh, in college and I still didn't really like find that, that like light bulb, you know, that just like that perfect way to sing. And then it wasn't until like, I think my junior year of, of college where I had my voice teacher who I'm just like so grateful for because she was like the best and she was so cool and really like helped me open up every single aspect of like my voice um technically and and otherwise so super grateful for her and the program um because I honestly don't think I would be where I am today like as good of as good of a singer as I am Mm -hmm. without all that training um it was just like a light bulb you know it was just like clicks on I was like oh now I get it and like now I can sing perfectly well not perfectly but your voice is incredible in my in my opinion i i listen to your stuff and it's just it's just blows me away and like like shay was saying like i can definitely hear that technical aspect of your training as well as the sort of like internal style that you can't really teach yeah i I think that it's so interesting that you have been exposed to all these different kinds of genres of music all these different kinds of artists and you've been exposed to this like formal training as well. And you're able to kind of like pull all of that together to make the sound that you make. Like that's not something that I would think is very common from what I've, I've seen. Like usually when you have, um, you know, an artist, like artists are really just kind of doing this whole self-expression thing. You know, it's um, of course like people are trained. There's a lot of artists that are trained, but like there are a lot of artists that aren't really trained. They just kind of, you know, pick up an instrument, they learn the instrument and they kind of use it as a way to just kind of talk about what they want to talk about um in the voice that they want to talk about it with um but that's definitely two approaches yeah that's really i mean yeah i it's not just i mean like i think just having the background that i have and like i mean i i went through so many different genres like i like i get i grew up doing theater also so like i love broadway Mm -hmm. and and so and I have that very like big sort of Broadway voice. Um, I was gonna say you can fill a theater. I'm sure I'm, with your voice. I love Broadway so much. Honestly, like parts of me, even in even you know even today still. But when I was in college, I was like, am I making the right choice? Like, should I do theater? Like, part of my heart was always in like Broadway and theater because mm-hmm. it's just like I love it. I love performing, um, especially on like a stage like that because I used to do it all the time. And it's just like such a feel good it just feels really good I mean live performing in general anywhere but you know I I so I you know I love the theater and I I like I used to do before I started like really figuring out like what my sound was I in college uh I used to do like top lines and EDM 
for like other people. Yeah. Cool. That's really, that's cool. really how, like I got like my start was I was at a darty uh, in college. <laughs> and, oh, it wasn't even a darty. Wait, was it a darty? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think it was a darty. Who knows, right? What's the cutoff? <laughs> um, and I, someone, I was at just like a frat and someone introduced me to the, the guy who was DJing there and, uh, you know, we hit it off and didn't really think anything of it, but I was like, yeah, I sing, blah, blah, blah. And, and then it was so funny. The next day I was just like walking around campus. I had my headphones in and some dude is like taps me on the shoulder and turn around. It's the DJ or whatever producer. And I was like, oh my God. And then it was kind of history from there where we started working together and, you know, I would just sing like lyrics that he wrote. And like, this was the time at a time where I wasn't totally comfortable with like writing my own stuff as well. Um, you know, I, I would dabble here and there. And, but then, you know, sometimes I'd be like, Oh, it sounds dumb. Or like, I don't really like what I'm writing, you yeah. know, but that takes time, you know, practice writing. But yeah, so that's how I got into that kind of stuff. And I made connections through, him and sort of his was like tropical house a little bit um there's if you it's it's really funny you can look up we i have this one song where my voice sounds so androgynous you cannot tell if i am a man or a woman i swear because it's just like so low in my register um it's called wait true love um Mm. by femi f-e-m-i and like featuring lex i'm i'm on there (laughs) um really really funny uh yeah um i'm looking for it right now (laughs) true love yeah it's called true love by not femi is it femi just looks true love featuring lex or something okay cool i think it's really really like what is it so, okay, you talk about songwriting in general, right? And getting comfortable yeah. with the process too. How have you kind of feel, like, how, do you, how have you evolved with your songwriting, I'll say? Oh, man. You have? Um, first of all, songwriting, it's not easy. Um, mm-hmm. It takes a lot, and it takes, like, a lot of practice. My best friend um, for years now, her name's Corbet, she, was, you know, is an artist as well, um, and she kind of got me into like writing you know or just like doing more of it and like she was so clever and creative and like just out of the box and I was like wow you know like I really took that to heart and I'm, I'm like I, I love to read and I'm like very um into like books and literature mm-hmm. um, naturally I really really am um and so I I like to be like more show than tell with, Mm -hmm. with certain things, you know, I think it's all about like telling a story and like, if you can do that in a way that's like clever and uses like wordplay or just like out of the box kind of things. Like, it's just like, I think it just makes you so much stronger as a writer, but like for real, it takes time. And and, like, not everything is like, you know, going to be perfect. People always say like, oh, you know, you write 100 songs and only one of them is going to be a hit, you know? Like Mm -hmm. that's like the general sort of saying that everyone um, will say to you about songwriting, you know, or if you get like a pub deal, you know? Um, It's it's hard, but I just think it comes with like practice and knowing your style and what you like and, you know, it could also, you know, it also has a lot to do with like melody too. You know, like songwriting is 
you know, maybe 50%. And then melody is the other 50% where it's got to be catchy. Mm -hmm. It just also too, like depends on what you're going for too, because like sometimes I'm not like, I don't need it to be like, I'm not a pop, I'm not a pop singer. I'm Mm -hmm. not a pop writer. I could, and I have, you know, I I Mm -hmm. ghostwrited for pop artists before, but you know, it, it, it just really depends on what you're going for. And I'm not, I'm just trying to write what I know and, mm-hmm. and write what maybe other people can relate to, mm-hmm. um, but just in a non-generic way and using interesting melodies and, and I don't know. Yeah. What is your creative process like? Like how, what do you have to do to get into the mindset to start writing? smoke a little weed <laughs> uh a little um actually uh well kind of um kind of depends i don't know like it, it comes and it goes it's weird like i do my best writing at like three in the morning because mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm like lying in bed and i'm like i can't sleep <laughs> um so sometimes i'll just have like a line here and there that i'll just pop into my brain randomly and i'll be like oh that's a really good line and like my my notes thing on my phone is just flooded with random lyrics and things here and there, just like random one-liners. I'm like, I'll use that eventually. Or, you know, that's, that's good. I'll, I'll find a place for it somewhere. Um, It's helpful to come back to as well. I love using my notes. Yeah. Notes and voice memos, which Mm -hmm. people aren't doing that as singers or writers or whatever or anything. It's like use voice memo because like, if you forget, you're just fucked. <laughs> and like I, the amount of times I'm like, oh yeah, I'll remember that. And then like, I'm like, fuck, how did that really dope melody never do. Oh shit. I'm, <laughs> it's gone. My friends are like, should have voice memoed it. And I'm like, probably. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, back to the question. What was the question again? <laughs> Basically how you get into the mindset. I feel like, I feel like, I get it. Like, you know, like where, where you gotta be at to get creative. Yeah. Also, so, um, so do you work in a, a studio space or do you like record in home? Um, well, I've always had like, yeah, like home studio spaces. Um, and I have done, I mean, like I do go to the studios, not right now, unfortunately. Um, okay. everything is kind of done at home now. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it depends like for my own kind of stuff, like I'll do, I'll do my own home studio, you know, but like if I'm, if I have clients, um, if I'm writing for clients, you know, I'll go to a different studio space and, or if they want to come to my studio space, which is just at home and it's great. I mean, like we, I, I, so I live right now, I have two roommates and one is a, a singer and the other is a drummer and a producer. So we have a really beautiful, um, studio set up in our living room, um, that's awesome. Yeah, no, it, it's been really great. Um, yeah. yeah. So is that, I wanted to talk to you about your most recent album that came out, Bits and Pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I wanted to say that it was very emotional. Um, it was, I mean, I, I know when I was talking to Megan, our mutual friend about it, she was saying how she cried when she listened to it and, you know, listening to the whole thing through it is very emotional um 
Were you in that space? Like, how did you, how did you record that? I know that it's been like difficult doing it with COVID, but you still managed to like put out a piece that had such a big impact. I think. Yeah. Um, well, so the thing is, is that I've been working on this album for three years. Mm. Wow. Um, yeah, it's been a long time. I started writing it when I first came to Los Angeles, which was three years ago. Um, it was, it, it's just, it's been a really long kind of arduous process. Um, and it really only started getting the traction actually when COVID hit, because I had been working with, when I first started this album, I was in, a, I was working in a studio out in, in Bel Air, um, with a couple people and it just wasn't, it just wasn't cohesive. I was, you know, as much as I loved working there and working with these people, I had to start to realize that they treated music as a hobby and I, you know, treated music as my livelihood. It's the air that I breathe, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, the cultivation of this album came about when I was in the studio and I had, you know, I had, I have a physical notebook as well where, you know, I, I had so many different, um, like, just one page, you know, maybe like six lines of, it's like a poem, you know, I had like a few, a few little lines, you know, when I went into the studio, they would give me a track and I would record, you know, those lines. And I was, you know, me and my, the engineer that was there, we were talking about it and, and, and I kind of dawned on me, I was like, this is so beautiful. And um, I was like, it's kind of, you know, why do I need to basically, why do I need to add more to, to it than it, or than there needs to be, you know, it's just as beautiful as it is on its own. And like the whole point of the album was to cultivate these short little stories, like little vignettes. And that overall, when you listen top to bottom through the whole album, each little vignette comes together and tells a story of my life as a whole piece, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was just kind of working with certain people who didn't really fully believe in the vision. And mm-hmm. it was just I was just kind of wasting time there. And I really didn't want to keep wasting any more time. Um, and a year had gone by, you know, and my album was just stagnant. I felt like I was sitting on so many songs, not just for my album, but other songs too that I'm still sitting on um, that just never, it felt like it was kind of hopeless and that I was like never going to get them done. Um, it sucked. It really did. And then finally, I guess after going through a couple more people, um, I was started working with this company who I actually used to like work for them. It's funny. Um, they're like a boutique PR, um, marketing and, uh, label called mm-hmm. fire tower entertainment. And I used to work for them, uh, as an intern. And then yeah. <laughs> they, um, you know, approached me during the pandemic and you know I sort of showed them what I was working on and they fell in love and they wanted to work with me and it kind of just all happened from there and it's been great and I and I had at the time I I had demos of maybe like three songs that I had done previously with those other um producers and stuff and Mm -hmm. I just like, you know, I, I wasn't able to really 
realize actualize them and fully finish them and whatnot so we did all that we fixed and recreated those those tracks and then i had you know maybe like seven more to do um and that was all done throughout the pandemic um so i i did some um i did some in my home studio and then i was back in new york actually for two months and then i recorded a bunch of it there because um my friend has like a really gorgeous studio, home studio. And she was like, of course you can use it while you're home. And I was like, such a great, it was such a blessing because like, I was able to just like get away from Los Angeles's nasty, whatever was going on at the time. Right. Um, And finally just focus on, cause I live in the middle of nowhere where, where Megan and I live. It's like literally the middle of nowhere. Um, Hardly. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so like, exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's really, it's like horse country. Um, so it was just quiet and it let me sort of figure out, you know, when it came down to the wire, it was a little tricky to, to finish off like one or two songs that I had left because it's like the, as like, as the album, as an album as a whole like it's supposed to like flow and tell the story so I had like two songs that needed to be done that were like somewhere in the middle of the album and I was like oh man it's like I kind of have to put myself in a box here and like write something that makes sense for the flow of the album um and by that I mean you know like from the beginning of it it kind of just tells the story of like me you know struggling through life it's basically from the start of um my dad's passing away when i was 19 um i was like a sophomore in college um and that sort of really moved the needle forward in my life in a good way and also in a bad way um where i was struggling really really hard for a long time yeah uh, sorry to yeah, thanks. Um, it's actually yesterday was the five year anniversary of his passing, so it's been a rough couple days. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Oh my goodness, your album came out last week, though, right? Yeah, my album came la- came out last week, the uh, the seventeenth, which is my dad's birthday. Um, That's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So the whole the whole album is pretty much just like an homage to my family and my my dad, because mm-hmm. um, my dad was really the one who like pushed me in my career and stuff like that um, and to do music all the time. So his passing was really hard and it sucked. It really did. My family was like not the same for a really long time. And we were just going through a lot of shit. And like, I was suffering really hard. I basically like, I like, I don't really remember my sophomore year of college, honestly, because I was just like, it was a mess. I was getting into really bad shit pills and and uh, you know addiction and just like not giving a shit honestly and I was like fuck it I just like you know realized one day you know that I had dug myself like a fucking six foot grave down in the down in the dirt and I was looking up at a pinhole and I was like well what the fuck I was like how I was like what happened you know Mm -hmm. how did I how did I get here and I was like am I gonna Am I going to get out? I don't know. Um, 
I just don't know. And so that's kind of like the first part of the album. And it's like also struggling with self-love mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like Blueberry talks about it, self-love. Um, and, you know, if you don't love yourself, how can you love anybody else? You know, and it's also right. was, you know, when my dad died, kind of me trying to figure out and find a way to fill that void and fill that hole in my life, you know, mm-hmm. with, you know, pills, drugs, men I didn't have any attraction to, just sort of wasting everything and using, you know, trying to find poor coping mechanisms um, rather than really dealing with my shit, you know? Right. What was the kind of turning point for you, for you to like, look, you said you were like looking up at a pinhole saying I fell and like, 20 feet down, what do I do? What was that moment for you when you decided, hey, I'm going to turn my life around. I'm going to get back on the horse. I'm going to kind of move forward. Um, You know, I think it was like when I really um, moved to Los Angeles. Um, Hmm. I think it was, it was time for me to, I just like, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, And I think like the actual decision that I wanted to move to Los Angeles, pursue my dream and, you know, making music and sort of doing it for myself, but also my dad. Um, I think that's when it, you know, I really needed to kind of like wake up and do what I needed to do for me. You know, I was a psych major in college. (laughs) I still have done absolutely nothing with that, you know? Um, And it's, that's okay. You know, it's like, okay to have a goal and then shift your goals because it's a better goal, you know? And I I feel like, I mean, it must feel good. It it must feel like some kind of almost closure to be able to have this album out because it feels like it just, it feels like it comes from your journal. It comes from your heart and like to put so much time into it, but also I mean, I'm sure it was therapeutic too, like, because the act of making music and putting it together is just so, I mean, connecting and it is, it is therapy. It really, it really is. Honestly, once the album released, especially, honestly, once I, it wasn't even once the album released, it was really once I finished recording the last song was when I was like, you know, breath yeah oh it it was like really was like closing a chapter a very long rough chapter in my life and I was finally able to get somewhat of that closure that I was craving so badly um Mm -hmm. that was great I think you should be very proud because I think it's a beautiful album and I mean your skills come through very well and I I think it's a very complete piece and it really does you know I felt like I was getting to know you um beforehand I definitely feel like I I I I mean I don't know you and every bit about you but I definitely feel like you let us into your life with that album right and that that that's sort of the point too and it's not just that it's it's what I really wanted out of this was yes for people to to listen and understand who I am but also it's as much as it's an album for me 
for mm-hmm. self-actualization and self-reflection. It should also be self-reflection and self-actualization for the listener. Um, and that's like one of the biggest takeaways. It's like, you know, we have such a hard time sometimes just sort of being with ourselves and like sitting with ourselves, like take the time to sit down and like, and really like feel. And because a lot of the time people can't do that, you know, like people just want to keep moving on with their day and not acknowledge their feelings and not acknowledge, you know, all the, you know, really rough shit that's going on. And so it's, it's really important to take the time to get to know yourself. Um, yeah. Because if you don't get to know yourself, you know, I don't know. It's like, you can't be truly honest with yourself. You can't be really truly honest with other people. Right. Um, so it's just, it's important. And I think everyone needs to do it. And with this album, I just wanted people to take that time to, to do that. I would say that I, I got that from this album for sure. Like, I, I want to say that I think that that's so great that your music is focused mm-hmm. on self-actualization about the yeah. growing of the self. I think that that's really, really unique. Um, and I think that's something that's so necessary because you're right, you know, especially given the crazy year that 2020 has been, um, you know, you have a lot of people who are just kind of running around panic, trying to figure out what to do next because the future is so uncertain. and We don't know what's going to yeah. happen. Um, but I love that you are like a proponent for like just sitting down, breathing, staying in the moment and really reflecting on what you feel, but also why you feel what you feel. Exactly. And I also wanted to talk to you a little bit about like you, you felt like this album was like the closing of a chapter, like that cathartic moment for you. What do you think is next for you in terms of music, in terms of life, in terms of anything? Good question. Um, well, so for me, this album, like I said, I've been working on for three years. It's like, yeah, closing a chapter in my life. And I'm very, I'm very grateful, um, to have that, to have had that opportunity. Um, but at the same time, this album is kind of like a one-off actually. Um, it was very much a passion project and I, I made the album for me. I made it for my family, um, mostly for me. Um, and so what I, the direction that I'm taking myself and my music now is like so different. It's so different. People are going to, I'm going to release new music and people are going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> because, because so I'm, I'm actually working on an EP right now um, with my, nice. with my um, music partner, um, Dylan. Uh, he's such a fantastic drummer and fa- fantastic producer. He's amazing. Um, and it is, it's very cool. So like we both grew up on like rock and roll and like eighties music and it's anywhere from sixties to eighties music. And that's like, we, we love it. Led Zeppelin and talking heads and all that good stuff. Um, so it's really funny. So, uh, we are kind of catering an EP to that. It's going to be, um, neo disco pop. Yes. Yeah, right. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> I'm really quite quite excited about it. Yeah, it's hopefully we're going to be doing like around 5 songs. Yeah, neo disco pop with a little like funk and rock and roll in it too. Um You should Have you seen have you seen our website like the homepage of our website? Yes, I actually have. It feels almost like a neo disco pop yeah. 
Yeah, it's really, really fun. And it's like, it's this kind of direction that I wanted to start that, that I've been wanting to take my music in for a really long time. And mm-hmm. I think it's finally, cause you know, I went from, like I said, EDM to R and B to mm-hmm. the album that I just released bits and pieces. And, you know, it's hard for someone to really hone in on their sound and it takes a long time. It really, oh, really, for sure. you know, yeah. to figure out, you know, the, all the qualities and attributes of your voice and what works and what doesn't music wise, genre wise. So it's, it's a, it's just takes a really long time. And I think I'm, I'm really finally starting to settle into the niche of like what I want and like what feels good Mm -hmm. and like what I want to sing, you know, that's like so important. And what I want is I want a full fucking band. I want to play live shows and I want people to have fun and I want to have fun doing it with a live band. And that live band, will be my best friends you know what I mean like that's just what I that's just what I want you know like feel good music and have a good time so it's like kind of like shit like like how like I don't know I just like when I think of it, I think of like Charlie Puth kind of and I love uh-huh. Charlie Puth and I think he's so like he's very good at like making things fun and and 80s and using great synths and elements of rock he's very talented charlie booth is um but like yeah it's like those that kind of like feel good just you know i tell you what post covid i'm gonna need some good dancing music so this is gonna be great i will come to a live show and i will i'll start the party i'll start dancing (laughs) (laughs) i this is versatility with you and like your your stuff like i mean you talk about all these genres that you are clearly capable of performing and embodying like you it's like you're an actor in your music making process as well and that's just really really cool to me and but i, I also want to talk about how the industry as a whole kind of segments people right they kind of force artists to box themselves into this sort of clear-cut marketable construction of theirs how has it been you being this really versatile artist who has so many different interests and genres and types of music How's it been for you navigating this industry, having all that in you? Have you felt like you've been forced to put yourself into a box? Like, what has it been like for you? I will say it's it's really hard. Um, it was hard making. It, it was hard to get the kind of traction and marketability uh, with this album. I will say mm-hmm. um, it's mm-hmm. Is pretty hard to to market because yeah, it's not it's not typical. It's not pop. Um, each song is really most of them is, are very short, so mm-hmm. it's kind of hard for people to hop on that wagon and and want to put it on playlists and it won't really get on Spotify playlists and and all that stuff. Um, you know, but it is an art piece. It is an art piece, and I think that. You know, it can be recognized for that, um, regardless of its markability. Yeah, and that's that, and it's it's at the same time. It's like you have to, the artist that you're as an artist yourself, you just have to sort of think about like what's more, what is more important to me. You know, like mass amounts of streams or putting on something that like you want to put out. You know, that may not be as marketable or may not get as many streams, but it's what you want to do. And as a true musician, as a true artist who has all these backgrounds and in, in, in music and in different kinds of music I'm, you know I'm 
I need to let go of the fact that, you know, I might not get as many streams and it might not get heard by so many people, but I know deep down inside that it is a work of art and I'm very proud of that. And for the people who, you know, really truly listen, I do it for, for those people, you know, and I have to accept that, um, and just be, be happy with, with that. Um, at the same time though, you know, having it be marketable would be cool, you know, or just like having, you know, I, as someone who has all that like background, I'm very genre bending. And that's like, I don't really know what kind of, what, what specific genre I am. I'm almost, I like to say, people always ask me too, like, Oh, what like genre would you say is your album? And I'm like, I don't really know. Do you guys? I'm curious now. I'm curious. I'm, I'm ask you the question. Like, what do you think this my bits and pieces is as a genre? It's you. <laughs> it's you. <laughs> like that's all. Like that's the, that's a big thing that really kind of irks me too. Because like I sing and I songwrite too, and like you have people going like, oh, what type of genres do you do you do? Like, what type of genres is your voice? What type of genres is your song? It's not necessarily a genre. Like it can, it's it's like art is supposed to be an expression of you. And I think that I think that nowadays kind of our generation is sort of kind of embracing this quote of genrelessness of music. Yeah, well. I was like, I think a lot of there is there is getting to be like this ability to make music that's not in an existing genre. And I think that's really awesome when you can find a sound where you're like, what what is this even? Like how do I describe this? Yeah, I think genre bending is is the most incredible thing, and it showcases people's talent even more than one genre typically typically can. You know, um, mm-hmm. it's it's so important because, like, also too, like, and this is a thing with with the album, people with the album I just released. It's like you kind of just have like life is ever changing, people are ever changing and and evolving. You know, it's like how can you expect one person or an artist to just be stagnant in, in what they do if they're just constantly growing, you know? It's like when someone, like, when an artist, you know, has, like, a huge fan base, you know, based off of, like, you know, three or four albums that they put out that were, like, you know, the exact kind of sound, the same sound, and, like, you have such a strong fan base for that, and then a year later they put out an album, and it's not the same, right? Mm-hmm. Then lose so much of that fan base that fan base gets so angry at you and they're like what the fuck is this this is not this is not cold play this is not john mayer what is this crap you know or whatever um and it's so it's just it sucks because like as an artist you're like well fuck you know i just i'm just trying to do something different i'm just trying to expand my horizons and explore everything and um it's not sometimes as widely received as you want it to be as an artist um so there i mean it's not i don't know if there's much that anyone can really do about that other than you know and then audience needs to just be a little bit more understanding and a little bit more open to change um Mm -hmm. because people change you know and genres i think are just like silly you know it's great just it's just great to like blend all these kinds of things where you can have like something like a neo disco pop rock it's just all things it's all the things it's every of the thing (laughs) while also still being you and i think that that is that's just so special in my opinion um our our audience too and we talk about this like every single like um interview that we do but like our audience is creatives it's music industry professionals it's people who are really interested in kind of getting insight into 
into what it's like for artists and like how they can be better creatives or how they could be better artists or sorry, not artists, but managers or um, agents. Right. Um, what advice would you give to the creatives and also to the aspiring music business professionals? Oh man. Um, go with your gut mm-hmm. always. Cause it's literally never wrong. Every time I go against my, my gut, I get fucked like all the time. <laughs> um, take your time too like it's so important as far as like being an artist i can't really say much for the for the business side i mean like for business side always hustle 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 um never Mm -hmm. stop hustling but also don't take bunk deals or anything like that and don't be an idiot um (laughs) as general rules of thumb just be smart be smart ask maybe ask for help if you don't know what's going on um as far as like contracts go and stuff like that because boy have i been fucked hard by certain people and things um yeah i mean take just you know take take your time and like don't rush into anything and if it feels right then it feels right but if it feels wrong you really don't want to just it's just a recipe for disaster you know and uh you know for artists and stuff you know take try and take every opportunity that comes your way you know um even if it's not something you would maybe necessarily think to do um by yourself or you know your own idea just you know it's always super important to try new things um because you never know you might wind up find something that you love um or are good at or you know sound good at yeah yeah i think that's terrible advice that's my advice and just be yourself man i mean like fuck like I'm never not myself. I could never imagine stifling who I am. I'm like the loudest, most obnoxious, like truth telling, just (laughs) how I was raised. I'm honest. I'll never lie and, and I'll never patronize or placate anyone for, you know, any reason. It's just be yourself unapologetically. Mm hmm. That's all you can do. And if people don't love you, then fuck them. They're not the people you need in your life. And Truth. Fuck all the haters, right? I and mean, it doesn't really matter. In the end, we're all going to die anyways. So I love that for us. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, we're all you. <laughs> you know, it's fine. If so, you don't laugh, you cry. Right. So just take everything as it comes. And, and you know, the advice that someone once gave me which I still use today, uh, don't, uh, what is it? Fuck. Don't sweat the petty thing. Don't sweat the petty stuff and don't pet the sweaty stuff. Don't sweat the petty stuff and don't pet the sweaty stuff. That's, I'm going to write that down. <laughs> it's something someone once told me, and it's just, I don't remember who told me, but it always just stuck with me because I think it's cute. And I think it's for real, you know? It's like, man, life is. Life is. So. Just is what it will, is. Whatever will be, will be. And, you know, while it's important to care about things, it's also important to just say, you know, yeah, whatever life is i'm gonna do whatever i want when i want how i want it absolutely and on that note of like petting the the sweaty things 
don't. <laughs> not, not petting the sweaty things. I got to remember that. <laughs> don't pet the sweaty things. I don't want to yeah. pet anything sweaty anyway. But um, I, I just wanted to thank you. Um, we are out of time right now, but I wanted to thank you for you know coming on with us and just kind of giving us insight into your world and to how you do things and just giving that really, really good, not even just music advice, but like just life advice about like being yourself unapologetically, just, just being you as you are. And like, that's something that's really powerful. I, I feel like I was inspired and spoken to today. <laughs> You're well, thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> I, honestly, I really, I really needed this in, in my life. And I'm sure that other people who listen to this are gonna be like, you know what? She's right. She's right. And let's live by the motto, everybody. I wrote it down here. Don't sweat the petty stuff. Don't pet the sweaty stuff. So yeah. there you have it. It's all good. It's all copacetic, you know? It's like we're living in a weird fucking time, man. It's like, just do what you want. Fuck do it. what you want. Yeah. I'm going to go right. camp in my car for a week in Utah next week. So oh. I'm going to have fun with that myself. I'm like, <laughs> Do what I want because, like, I want to do it. So, like, bye. I don't care. <laughs> That's a whole mood. Well, thank you, Lex, and thank you to our listeners for joining us. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Mm-hmm.